You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thanks so much for joining me for another week of Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and it's great to be back with all of you. Uh, We have a great show for you this evening, and I'm truly honored and excited to welcome to the show Erica Harvell. Erica is the founder and CEO of Nodat which is a community marketing platform for small and local businesses. And her story is really one of true, uh, I'll say dedication and inspiration, and she'll be with me in just a moment. Be sure as always to stay with us during the breaks to hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors, bringing you information, news, and inspiration from their industries in health, finance, law, military affairs, technology, marketing, and the nonprofit sector. And don't forget to download the podcast so that you never miss a show and sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop by visiting us at womentowatch.net. And that's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'm thrilled and excited again to welcome to the show, Erica Harvell, the founder and CEO of Nodat. Erica, thanks so much for being with me. Hi, Sue. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show today. I think it's wonderful um, that you're championing women and uh, women leaders. Well, thank you. Glad to be a part. Uh, Yeah, I'm happy to have you. You and I connected a couple of months ago and really had a wonderful conversation. I think what you're doing and really where you came from um, is a, an incredible story worth sharing. So um, I want to start out with your, your younger years growing up in Nashville. And, you know, you shared with me very openly that you really didn't have the support and encouragement 
that a young girl deserves. Um, let's start out with you sharing with the listeners a little bit about how you would say you were introduced to uh, a negative self-image. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm a Nashville native. Uh, love the city um, that I live in. Um, I was raised with six brothers and sisters, so I'm the second of seven children. And my mom and my dad were both uh, pastors. And so we were a very religious family and did, um, you know, church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, seven wow. days a week. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> um, of church. <laughs> that is a lot of church, yes. Um, but that also, uh, because we were in church a lot, you know, most of our, the people that we knew, our family and our friends uh, came from the congregation. And um, I, at nine years old, my sister and I, she was uh, eight at the time, we went over to a church member's house after church uh, to play with their daughter. And we were outside playing and I decided to go inside to get something to drink. And when I walked in the kitchen, um, the church member who happened to be, uh, the family was a, a Caucasian family. Um, the mother was sitting at the table with her son, who I had a crush on at the time. And I overheard him tell his mom that he liked my younger sister. And she kind of scolded him a little bit. And she told him that he shouldn't like my younger sister because she was yellow and pretty. And she advised him that he should like me because I was brown skinned and ugly and uh, ugly girls will treat you better. And that it, it, it confused me and it broke my heart like uh, to, to finally, you know, to learn that I was ugly in that moment. Uh, mm. Everything changed for me. So I went from being this happy-go-lucky uh, spiritual child who just loved everybody. I was taught to just, you know, love. And that's all I saw. Um, and at the same time, this woman who I looked up to because she was a, a member of the church. She was very active in the church. And so I took her word, you know, to be law. And so I learned from her that I was not attractive. And um, I went into her daughter's room and I sat on the, the bunk bed and cried. And mm -hmm. I decided that day that I wasn't going to tell anybody uh, what I heard. I didn't even tell my mom um, what I had learned that day. You know, it's always interesting to me when um, at young kids, boys or girls, when, when a moment like that happens in your life when you're younger and you know that there's something really wrong with it, but you don't share it with your parents. Why do you think, why for you did you not share that with your mom and kind of um, get her opinion or feedback on it? We, like I said, we were, you know, a really religious family. And so that children obey your parents, children obey your elders, they know what's best for you. Oh, you know, don't don't question, don't talk back. Um, just the the fear of, you know, first off them, you know, not believing me or mm. saying, well, you misunderstood um, them playing it. Um, and then the fact that I looked up to this woman, like I loved this family. We, it wasn't like a once, uh, play, play day. We were over there all the time. They would come over to our house like we were spending the night uh, with each other. So I really looked up to her mom and mm. it just really confused me. 
Yeah, and of course, it makes me wonder where in the world she uh, formed that opinion or thought or belief herself. You know, it, it makes you want to know. Um, listen, when we uh, we're going to go into our first break. When we come back, I want to talk about the Girl Code book that really um, had an am- amazing impact on you. We'll okay. be right back with Arika Harvell, founder and CEO of No Debt. Now, the women to watch. Marketing Watch. Hi, everyone. I'm Lynn Falconio, Chief Marketing Officer of Publicis Health for Women to Watch Marketing Watch. As you may recall, at the start of the global pandemic, when fears of spreading the virus were reaching peak hysteria, aside from a run on basic cleaning supplies such as Clorox wipes and hand sanitizers, the other item that was most likely to be out of stock at stores and online was toilet paper. While the great toilet paper shortage of 2020 could easily be reduced to a comedy punchline, the dearth of this basic household product revealed a greater issue of how fragile and interdependent our global supply chain has become and how much purchase behaviors are swayed and influenced by consumer emotions. Think back to mid-March when the entire world prepared to hunker down at home indefinitely Panicked consumers raided grocery store shelves for any and all non-perishable goods, including toilet paper, which saw an astonishing 734% increase in sales, according to an analysis from NC Solutions. Consumer packaged goods was not the only category to see supply chain problems, but challenges in some industries have prompted the rise in development of others. For example, As meat shortages spiked because of processing plant shutdowns, plant-based meat products flourished. The global pandemic may have revealed the intricacies of our interdependent supply chain, but it has also served as a catalyst for the rise of emerging businesses, products, and services. Keep in mind, most significant historical events and crises are followed by a great period of reinvention. Think back to our most recent economic crisis the Great Recession of 2008. Out of the ashes from that, we saw the rise of the likes of Uber and Airbnb. We are now six months into the pandemic and are seeing the rise of new services and technologies that are fundamentally reshaping what mobility and connectivity used to be. Until next time, I'm Lynn Falconio for Marketing Watch. Now the women to watch, Legal Watch. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard's Bar Law Firm for Legal Watch. While the COVID pandemic has undoubtedly had a negative impact in many ways, one very positive development is the move to virtual programming for many incredible events. One that I'm personally excited about is the upcoming 2020 ACG Private Equity Summit. On October 8th, Ballard is hosting a panel of experts to speak on the state of mergers and acquisitions, or M&A, the pandemic's impact on deal terms, financing issues in a COVID-19 environment, and distressed M&A opportunities. Join me and other Ballard attorneys, along with investment bankers, private equity professionals, and business management consultants, and learn about the impact the pandemic has had on the deal world. The best part is that it's a virtual event, so you can join us from anywhere in the world. It's an exciting time for women in private equity. It's historically been a very male-dominated field I've been playing on, but in the last few years, a noticeable number of women have joined the ranks of these powerful investors, and they're making their mark. You'll hear from some of us on the panel. Don't forget to register at acg.org forward slash Minnesota, and I'll see you October 8th, virtually at least. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for your Legal Watch. 
This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking to Erica Harvell this evening, the founder and CEO of NoDat, which is um, a community marketing platform for small local businesses. And we'll get into much more about um, what the company is and how she solved a really um, big problem for small businesses and communities everywhere. Um, I wanted to ask you, Erica, about the book Girl Code and why that had such a positive impact on you. Uh, It actually introduced me to my thoughts and what my mind was actually uh, supposed to be used for. I had been using my mind to hold all of these bad memories of things that I had gone through since I was nine years old. And uh, reading Kara's book just made me say, oh, wow, I'm not supposed to be using my mind this way. (laughs) Right, yeah. One of the things we sometimes talk about on the show is the fact that the mind, you know, really um, where where all of our angst really comes from mm-hmm. um, is really supposed to be used as a tool and not um, the messenger. So, you know, what was the biggest negative messaging going on for you when you were growing up outside of the story you shared with us? Were there other thoughts that kind of held you back? Uh, one of the so I also was in a uh, domestic violence relationship with my ex-husband. And so a lot of the things that he would say to me, like, I didn't love you when I met you, you had to grow on me, like things like that. And so um, I would replay those negative messages over and over in my mind and and tell myself that um, I had to be, you know, extra uh, nice and love people more just so that they would, you know, love me back. Um, I didn't believe that I deserved anything really uh, because of, you know, the fact that I wasn't as pretty as other girls. So I kind of allow myself to um, to kind of just take anything that that came uh, my way and never really thought what I really wanted if that makes sense. Like I just accepted what, what came because I didn't believe that I deserved anything. I didn't, I had built up so much uh, self-hatred for myself by mm-hmm. replaying those negative uh, messages over and over again in my mind. So I would imagine that you, underneath all of that, there must have been some other stronger voice um, pushing you and, and kind of speaking to you that you are beautiful and you are worthy and you, you know, you do have a reason for being here. Would you say that's true? And, yes. and, and was that, you know, I read that there was a breaking point for you in your thirties where you mm-hmm. literally decided to change your thoughts. Tell me about that. I had gone through my very last, uh, disappointment. I was over it. Um, and that's when I read Kara's book, but as I was reading Kara's book, um, I was reminded of the that moment where I changed as a person, where my thoughts changed as a person. And it was that nine-year-old little girl um, who used to sit on the floor of my bedroom and play with my dolls and imagine what my life was going to be like uh, when I become an adult. I would imagine that I was going to be a business owner. I would always tell 
my mom and my dad that, you know, I don't want to be a preacher. I want to be a business owner. Um, and it, it, that was the moment for me where when I went back to that day in my mind mentally, that was the moment that I decided to reconnect with that little girl and reconnect mm-hmm. with what her dreams were and who she believed that she could be before all of this negative thoughts that other people introduced her to. And so I began to um, to change the way I talk to myself. And so paying more attention to when those negative uh, thoughts would come up into my mind. So I started talking back to those thoughts or changing them and saying, like, if I would, if the thought would say, God doesn't love you, I would change it and say, God does love me. So I had to change the way that I talked to myself. And then I realized that I was using my mind as this big mental suitcase um, that was, you know, basically lugging everything around instead mm-hmm. of using it as a tool to build the life that I imagined when I was nine years old. Wow. I love that. I, I, I love how you describe going back to the to the little girl at age nine and, and connecting with her dreams, because that's such a great lesson um, in in where we're meant to be before kind of the world steps in and takes over and, you know, ruins everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love that you did that. You actually became the very first to go to college in your family and you received a bachelor's degree in business uh, from mm-hmm. Cumberland University. What made you decide, you know, you told your parents, I don't want to be a preacher. I want to be in business. Did you have someone that you watched or saw or read about? Why business? Why did you want to be a businesswoman? Um, the things that I was seeing on TV, um, just the, the shows that we were watching, that was just, you know, it was just a part of me. Um, I've always known that I was going to own my own my own company. Even when I was with uh, the, my children's father, we owned a tire shop and a barber shop. Um, he basically owned it, but I helped him uh, helped him start it. I uh, did all of the books. I just it was just something that I've always been interested in and knew that I wanted to do. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to Erica Harvell, and Erica is the founder and CEO of NoDat. Erica, um, why don't you tell the listeners exactly what that is um, before you know we, we continue with more of your story? Sure. Uh, NoDat is a community marketing platform designed specifically for small businesses. We help them attract new customers by incentivizing their existing customers to promote their business across social media. And in return, we get the customers, uh, keeping them coming back with earning points that they can spend across multiple businesses on our platform. And so it's a mobile app, right? Yes. Can it, is, it, is it digital as well? Is it, can people go online and use it? Uh, it's not a web-based app. So the businesses okay. are able to log in online to create hot offers, which is the feature that we're about to launch in two weeks, yeah. <laughs> really excited about Congratulations. that. Congratulations, <laughs> yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, so they can go online and create uh, time-sensitive offers which uh, expire when the clock runs out. And um, we're offering that feature free for small businesses through the, the rest of 2020 to help them bounce back from COVID and, and get uh, customers excited about shopping with them. 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I want to ask you what sparked your idea for No Dad, um, but I want you to be able to tell that story. I believe it had to do with your son asking yes. you a question, right? Uh-huh. Um, yes. <laughs> we have to go into our second break, so I want to save that for when we come back. I'm speaking to Erica Harvell, the founder and CEO of Nodat. Stay with us for our watch team, and we will be back in just a moment. Now, the women to watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. By land or by sea, from ancient times till the turn of the 20th century, military strategies were constructed within these two domains. It wasn't until 1907 that the U.S. military officially began looking at the air as the newest battlefield to master. Last Friday, September 18th, the U.S. Air Force celebrated its 73rd birthday. And did you know that the Air Force's roots actually began to grow in the Army? On August 1st, 1907, the U.S. Army created the Aeronautical Division, a component of the U.S. Army Signal Corps, starting with balloons and quickly moving to purchasing aircraft from the Wright brothers. The progenitors of the modern Air Force began a service tradition of innovation and experimentation, eventually becoming the U.S. Army Air Corps during World War II. The value of air power became so distinct that in 1947, the U.S. Air Force was officially established as the fourth branch of the U.S. Armed Forces. Over half a million Air Force service members across the active duty, reserve, and Air National Guard continue a legacy of unmatched superiority in the air and now space and cyber battlefields. So I'd like to say happy birthday to our nation's airmen, veteran, and the entire Air Force community. Aim high. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Now, the women to watch, Nonprofit Watch. I'm Dr. Nakia Owens, Managing Director for Financial Empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia in Southern New Jersey. I'm truly excited to join this group of amazingly talented women who have and are continuing to make significant contributions within their field and communities. As your Nonprofit Watch, I'm pleased to bring the Women to Watch listeners insights and awareness to United Way's mission and the contributions it has made to the nonprofit sector. I look forward to sharing many of the strengths and opportunities and highlighting the donors who have significantly contributed to the causes that transform and build our communities and the nonprofit sector. As a leader within the sector, having been a beneficiary of people's generosity, really leading to my own post-secondary attainment, and quite honestly, shaping me into who I am today, has provided me professional opportunities in research and education and across the human service field. 
It has allowed me to truly understand the meaning of It Takes a Village. It is my hope to inform and inspire women to watch listeners, particularly at a time of uncertainty for many due to the COVID pandemic. But if there's one thing that the COVID pandemic has elevated is our common humanity and caring for our neighbors and those organizations that strengthen our communities, despite current conditions. We witnessed strangers helping strangers, families slowing down to reorient themselves with one another, and organizations identifying innovative ways to reinvent themselves, their product and service. I believe it is important to lead from a strengths perspective because in every challenge, we can find a strength. Thank you. And until next time, I am Dr. Owens, your nonprofit watch. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now the Women to Watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, I spoke with Dr. Robert Gabay, Chief Scientific and Medical Officer for the American Diabetes Association. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease that destroys your pancreas cells that make insulin. Type 2 diabetes, patients have a high blood sugar because their insulin just doesn't work. This is called insulin resistance, and there's a strong association with obesity. Yes, there may be some genetic component because the risk is 5 to 10 times higher if you have a close relative with type 2 diabetes, and in certain groups of people like Hispanics, African Americans, and Asians. But most cases can be prevented and are often linked with an unhealthy diet and lack of exercise. Both are lifestyle issues you can improve. In fact, estimates show that more U.S. healthcare resources are spent on diabetes than any other condition. Why is it important to get screened for diabetes? Because damage to your organs can start before you have symptoms and early treatment improves long-term outcome. The screening blood tests are easy and there's great treatment available. Symptoms, thirsty, frequent urination even during the night, weight loss, blurry vision. Your risk goes up if you're 45 and older, a person of color, if you're overweight and or physically inactive, have a parent or sibling with diabetes, hypertension, high cholesterol, if you've had diabetes during pregnancy, or polycystic ovary syndrome. Complications, stroke, heart attack, kidney disease, blindness, not good, and can raise your risk for certain cancers. Exercise is so important, even without weight loss, it improves blood sugars and cholesterol levels. Plus many advances in recent years, a continuous glucose monitor is a small device that reads your sugar levels 24-7, can even send a warning to your cell phone that your levels are dangerously low or high. And COVID. Diabetes doesn't increase your risk of getting COVID, but if you have diabetes, you're at risk for more serious complications. Learn about your risks and prevention of diabetes. Visit diabetes.org. Because divas, it would be really sweet to avoid diabetes. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Erica, just before the break, I I was kind of teeing up my next question for you. Um, And, you know, one of my questions for entrepreneurs is always what sparked the idea? And you have a great story around that. Yeah, and I I laugh at this story all the time, every time I tell it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, my son, he was 14 at the time, and he ran into my bedroom in 2016 in uh, late, late summer. And uh, he said, Mom, did you know there was a new water park in Murfreesboro? And I said, no, how did you find out about it? 
And he said, my friends are teasing me about it on Snapchat because uh, today's the last day and it's too late and we, now we can't go because it's closing for the summer. Oh, no. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he was really upset because they were posting videos on Snapchat. And um, so I started asking my family and friends. I was like, hey, did you guys know there was a new water park here? And a lot of them hadn't heard about it yet. But when I finally had someone say, yes, they knew, it kind of upset me. Cause it was like, well, why didn't you post anything about it on social media? Like there were no pictures, <laughs> no video. <laughs> How dare you not share that on exactly. social? <laughs> right, you right. You know, that's where we get our information from. Right, right. Yeah, and so um, I started thinking to myself, it's like, man, if uh, there was an app that you know rewarded people for sharing their experiences, on social media through video, that would be pretty cool. And then, you know, we would learn more about what's uh, new here because at that time, Nashville was like really, really booming. Um, a lot of businesses were moving to Nashville. That's when we got that, we're the it city. And um, and I started figuring out how can I get this app uh, developed and reached out to a team in uh, India and started working with them and uh, know that was born. Wow. Um, I want the listeners to know that, you know, you took a really big risk doing this. Mm -hmm. um, you left a very secure job at AT&T um, yeah. after being there for 10 years. So I have two questions around that. First of all, where did you find the courage uh, to do that? And how did you fund it? Sure. Uh, it's a very interesting story story too. So I, I worked on uh, building the app for a year before I left. Okay. Um, so I was doing both. Um, I would work all day and then come home and have meetings with the team in India all night. And um, we got to 10,000 downloads and our uh, accountant was like, you, it, you've got to get out here and start selling to these businesses. It's like you're working all day when your target customer is open. And um, I was up for a promotion at that time. Uh, my, it would have been my second promotion in a, uh, the last two years. So I was uh, excited about that. And so I prayed and I asked God, I said, okay. I said, I'm confused. I said, I need to know what to do. Is it time for me to leave this company and focus on building NODAP? And I said, if it is, I said, give me a sign. If it is time for me to go, uh, let me go in to work tomorrow morning and let my boss tell me that he decided not to give me the promotion. And so I, I go in the next morning and I'm standing at my uh, tall desk and I'm logging in and he comes and he taps me on the shoulder. And he says, can I see you in my office? And I get in the office and he says, so I decided not to give you the promotion. Wow. And I was, I looked and I was like, what? I was mad. I had forgotten all about the prayer that I had prayed the night before. I was mad and I was heartbroken. And I went back to my desk and uh, sat down. And then I remembered my prayer. And mm -hmm. so the next day I put in uh, my two weeks notice. Well, everybody started messaging me and emailing me saying, uh, don't do this. You're just upset that you didn't get the promotion. You have four kids. You make $100,000 a year, you have great benefits, it's not your time. Like one uh, 
lady actually came to me and she was like, you're being selfish. It's not your time to dream like this. It's, this, it's your children's time, not yours. And so I pulled back the two weeks notice and I stayed for another three months. Well, things kept picking up and I prayed again and I said, you're not the author of confusion. I said, so I need to know by the end of this week if it's time for me to leave or do I uh, uh, stay? And that that Wednesday, our accountant called a meeting and um, a, a investor said, we'll give you $40,000 to go ahead and leave and get out here and work on building the company. Wow. And so I had my answer and I left uh, two weeks later. And that was uh, 2017, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And now you have a group of advisors and you have a team and mm-hmm. um, that's incredible. Um, you know, people describe you, Erica, as a real problem solver and an inspiration who is determined to find solutions. Would you say that's kind of um, what keeps you going? Um, I would say yes, uh, for the most part. The majority of what keeps me going are my children. Yeah. Um, I graduated college for, you know, because of them, I would say. I, like, I would make sure that they saw me studying and working so that they would know that uh, obtaining uh, education was highly important. Um, and then with what I'm doing right now, even after leaving AT&T, um, it didn't get any easier. And uh, I wanted my children to not see me get, you know, jump out on something and give up and quit. And so I had to think out of the box and figure out how to solve problems with uh, paying uh, bills, problems with making sure that their lives didn't change drastically while I worked on my dream. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the majority of it, I would say, comes from me being a single mother and um, just, you know, acquiring the skill of having to be creative, uh, quick and, and think outside of the box for them. By the way, I want the listeners to know that you um, received a diagnosis of cervical cancer. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what year that was, but doctors told you you'd never be able to have children. And today you have four. Yes. Yes. I, um, I'm laughing because it sounds like everything is like, I'm like a walking blessing box. Everything is uh, <laughs> <laughs> a miracle story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was 18. Um, wow. And uh, they had to cut the majority of my cervix out to yeah. get the cancer out. Wow. And um, they said that if I got pregnant, that the baby would fall right out, that I wouldn't be able to carry it past the first trimester. Well, you proved them wrong. You proved that wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, that is one of the times that I was happy that I was able to see the person who told me that. I I was in the hospital with my third, just had my third child, which is my second daughter. And um, I had to have cesareans with all of them. So I'm walking around the hospital pushing the the baby in the thing. I I can't remember what it's called. But as I'm walking around the hospital floor, the first doctor who told me that I would never have kids looked at me. And I said, hi, how are you? She said, that's your baby? You just had that baby? I said, this is my third one. And that felt so great. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, you're very faithful. I want to share this beautiful quote right before we go into our last break. You said, I felt crazy. I felt like people were laughing at me when something didn't work out. 
But I kept going because God put that little speck of hope in my heart, that nagging thing that wouldn't go away, even when I wanted it to. He saw this day when I could only see my present moment. Um, I, I love that. Because I think that that speaks to um, what we often need help with is, you know, getting kind of lost in the moment that we're in and not understanding that that dream, you know, um, very well might come to fruition. Yes, absolutely. Um, Stay with us for our watch team and we'll be back with Erica Harvell. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso from Pathways Consulting Group. Did you know that almost 90% of new moms are millennials? Millennials' age range is roughly 18 to 35. These moms are very aware of things like ingredients and foods, for example. Nearly half of them feel that natural, wholesome ingredients are an important thing to consider before buying products for their families. They're inclined to purchase products from brands that understand what matters to them as a parent and ones that other parents may have recommended. If they're like my daughter, who's a new mother, they research on blogs and social media before buying things like formula, diapers, strollers. They visit online parenting communities where they can share information and get advice. And the most visited sites are Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Their home PCs and laptops collect dust as most of them are using smartphones. Once they've done their research, many millennial moms do half or more of their shopping online. When I was a young mom, my access to information was limited to the Dr. Spock book, My Pediatrician, and other experienced moms. Some would say that having that amount of access to information could be considered information overload. As example, when I Google what baby formula is the most natural, I have 12,400,000 results to search through and countless blogs. When I was a young mom, I had whatever was on the shelf and my pediatrician to guide me. Both have their pros and cons, and I wonder if I had had the access that young moms have today, would I have done things differently? For example, would I have leveraged the online shopping experience at a convenience? I do love Amazon. I might have felt a sense of comfort to read about others' parenting experiences. But for the most part, I don't think I would have changed my basic instinct and gut reactions to things. As a mom, for most of us, that comes naturally, regardless of whether we are the millennial mom or the baby boomer. What do you think? I'd like to know. Email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Now the women to watch. Finance Watch. Hi, this is Maggie. And this is Terry. And we're from Fortis Wealth. 
In observance of Life Insurance Awareness Month in September, we thought we'd share some thoughts about policy beneficiaries, specifically trusts. You may think that trusts are meant only for the very wealthy, but that's not the case. There's a misconception that trusts are designed to prevent beneficiaries from getting their inheritance, but in today's world, it's more likely that they will protect the inheritance from creditors. A beneficiary who's a minor child can't receive life insurance proceeds directly. Without a trust or other legal arrangement for someone to manage the money, the court will appoint a guardian to handle the proceeds until the child reaches the age of majority, when they can receive the money outright. If a long, lifelong dependent, such as a child with special needs, is a beneficiary, it may make them ineligible for government assistance. Naming young adult children as beneficiaries might not be wise, as they may not be mature enough to handle a huge influx of cash. Consider a trust with specifics for how the money can be released and what it can be used for until the young adult reaches a certain age. And if you're a single parent, have Having a trust is especially important because there's no backup parent to manage your estate and take care of any minor children. Setting up a trust can provide you with peace of mind, knowing that you have provided as best you can for your minor children's expenses and guardianship according to your wishes. Trust can be set up through your will or during your lifetime to receive policy proceeds for the benefit of your heirs. If you decide to set up a trust, here are some tips. Choose the trustee carefully. They will be responsible for fiscal decisions that affect your family. Second, revisit trust details periodically. Life happens, and there may be a good reason for changing the beneficiary or trustee or eliminating the trust altogether. Third, make sure the trust has assets so that it will work as you intended. After the trust is established, retitle the policy or assets that you want to be part of the trust. If a testamentary trust, update the policy beneficiary. If you think a trust might be right for you and your family, consult with a qualified estate planning specialist. This is Terry. And this is Maggie. Peace out. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Um, Erica, just before the break, I shared a quote um, that I had read that you, that you said, and I just thought it was so beautiful about, um, you know, that voice kind of telling you um, not to be stuck in, in the present moment. Is, would you say faith is, is a very big part of your life? Yes, it is. Um, I was going to say, like, when I wanted to have children, everybody around me was having babies everybody um there were times where i thought that i was pregnant and it ended up would be my sister-in-law or my sister or, or a friend and um it was hard for me to continue to believe when you know you're seeing every, things happening for everybody else but eventually that day came where um i woke up sick and we thought it was the flu um i took a test and um, in my head, I was like, it's, it's going to be negative. But as soon as I touched that doorknob, it turned positive. So in just unexpectedly, that day is going to come, that, that dream that you've been waiting for. And it's important to not get so wrapped up around um, what's happening for everybody else, uh, not to be so much focused on the fact that it hasn't happened yet, but to focus more so on that dream and your why of that dream. Why can't you give up on it? And what keeps you moving towards it? And I was thinking today, it's so funny that there are there have been thousands of times that I've wanted to quit on NODAC. But every day I woke up and I went to product meetings. I gave direction towards my vision. I uh, conducted marketing and marketing research every day, regardless of how hard it was. And it what it looked like that made sense for me to quit. But my why was just 
too powerful. Wow. Wow. Um, it's so important to know the why of, of, of what we're doing, isn't it? I mean, I think yes. that's really, you know, when, when things aren't going our way, that always, um, is something to have at the forefront of the mind. Um, Tell, tell our listeners about the work you're doing with um, senior citizens in partnership with Mayor John Cooper. Yes. Yeah, so when COVID first happened, um, I, I sent out a message to my family to make sure that no one went to visit my grandmother because she's 90. She just turned 90 this year in February. And I wanted to make sure that she didn't get sick because we had no idea what this was. And um we decided that we were going to just drop off food at her house. So I started thinking like, well, if uh, we call her Granny Poo, it's like if Granny Poo <laughs> <laughs> needs help and she's going to be in the house, I'm sure there are other senior citizens who are going to need help. So I, I put a, uh, created a Facebook group to collect volunteers to start doing grocery shopping for senior citizens. Um, and then I reached out to Mayor John Cooper's office and said, hey, I have all of these people who want to do grocery drops for senior citizens, um, how can we be of help to the city? And so he connected me with the um, uh, TNAC and they were creating a program where they needed volunteers to call senior citizens once a month to make sure that they didn't feel lonely. Um, and so we ended up collecting over 500 volunteers. Um, each volunteer got three senior citizens assigned we partnered with nursing homes uh, and assisted living homes here and dropped off groceries just to make sure that they had uh, as much normalcy as, and uh, supplies as possible during the pandemic. Um, and there are times, you know, where we would call the seniors and learn that, you know, their family were live, literally lived in other states and they were the only one here uh, in the city um, that, you know, they just—it was just them that they could depend on. So we became that extra, extra family member. That's awesome, and and that probably is a program that'll continue long after the yeah. pandemic, right? Because yeah. seniors yeah. always need help. Um, um, in in the few minutes we have, let's talk about the company and how it helps small businesses who typically can't afford, um, you know, expensive marketing campaigns. Yes. Um, our goal for small businesses is to uh, provide for them the same type of marketing that enterprise companies enjoy with these complicated marketing platforms like Google AdWords and uh, Facebook marketing. Uh, we've built a uh, platform that will allow them to simply log on, create offers, um, help them make their customers become marketers for them. Um, and then we provide them with analytics um, that is easy and digestible for them to understand and to use to make better marketing decisions to grow their business and start driving consistent repeat revenue. So how many um, customers and, and businesses do you have using it today? So we have a little over 1,500 registered businesses on wow. our uh, alpha platform. Uh -huh. um, we have over 25,000 uh, registered app users um, here in Nashville. And uh, as I mentioned, we're, we did a lot of market research, especially during COVID, to find out what the small businesses need and, and what direction they were going to go in uh, mm -hmm. for their marketing. And so we've pivoted to uh, providing mobile coupons for them. Um, 
and we designed the coupons to where it creates urgency. And that's what we're focusing on right now, because that's what small businesses need uh, in order to bounce back and, and survive. So that's our primary focus right now is helping them to bounce back. And I would imagine your your goals, um, future goals would be for it to be a national um, yes. or, okay, so the, are the businesses that are with you now just in the Nashville area, or are they from across the country? Uh, they are from across the country. We primarily focus on Nashville right now, uh, but the goal is to move into four markets at a time. Okay. Um, I want the listeners to know, you know, we're saying that the name of the company, and it's N as in Nancy, O-D-A-T, so they can check it out. Um, yes. Erica, thanks so much for sharing your story with me tonight. I, I'm really so impressed um, by what you've overcome and managed to um, create. And I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for having me. I, I enjoyed it. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our watch team and sponsors for their ongoing support of the show. And I hope you all have a great and safe week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. Announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.